Welcome to Women Leading the Way radio show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations, and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good afternoon, and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Kimberly Osgood, your host for Smart Money Moves. And our topic today is Strategies of Financial Independence Through Real Estate. And our special guest today is Mr. Melvin Burrell with Leah Crest Wealth Builders and EXP Realty. Good afternoon, Melvin. How are you? Good afternoon, Kim. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thank you so much for being my guest. Now, I mentioned that our topic today is strategies of financial independence through real estate. But before we discuss that topic, first tell us about yourself, your business, what you do, and and how you got started. Okay. Uh, I've been in real estate as a licensed professional now for over 35 years. And I I started as an agent uh, with Century 21 in Los Angeles. And I got my broker's license about three years after that and and got on the mortgage side and the real estate side. So I became a mortgage broker and also a real estate agent and went on to open up five real estate franchises, four here in Southern California and then one in Las Vegas. Also a a mortgage banking company, escrow company, and I own a, a property management company and real estate school as well. Oh, so, that's wonderful. Uh, here recently, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like to think it is. But here recently, I just merged my company with an uh, online uh, agent-owned company called EXP Realty. And it's been mm-hmm. amazing working with this company. We're really excited about it. Oh, great. Okay. Um, now, getting back to our topic about um, – financial independence through real estate, I'm sure with all your years of experience, you have an understanding of how to build wealth through real estate, correct? Yes. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm sure you did. (laughs) Now, I know a couple of years ago, the market was crazy. Interest rates were three, three and a half percent. People had to put in multiple offers. People were uh, offering uh, putting in offers of fifty or even $100,000 over the asking price. And I know with myself, I sell real estate. The clients I dealt with, many times we had to put in multiple offers before one was accepted by uh, the actual seller. Now, that was then. How was the real estate market right now? To me, the real estate market is great because we actually have a real market. The market you, that you just described was unusual. In my years of being in business, I've never seen that before. And uh, we, it, it was stimulated because we had the lowest interest rates uh, that we had in years, uh, 2% to 3%. Of, we've never seen those interest rates that low. Right. However, uh, right now, the interest rates, I, I just talked to um, my processor, and she told me that the rates right now are 5.37 for FHA, 5.5 for VA, and 5.99, roughly 6% for conventional. These mm-hmm. are absolutely great rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of people are thinking that you know, they, they want to haul off and buying. And I think media 
uh, media is kind of playing a big role in this too. But they want to hold off and buy and wait to see if the rate's going to go down. I don't think they're going to go down. Uh, okay. We, we had to we had to lower rates because we was the the feds want to stimulate the economy uh, because we just came out of a pandemic for for two years not really doing anything. So they stimulated to the point where we had that market last year. So right now right. I think these rates are here to go. So uh, is when you're looking at determining if you want to if this is a good market or not, uh, just determine if you can afford the, the payment. If you can afford the payment, this is a great market for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So basically, this is a good time to buy, even with the interest rates going up then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, interest rates, just if you focus on interest rates, I, I think you're focusing on the wrong thing. You want to mm-hmm. focus on if you can afford to buy a home, because there's just so many benefits that you have for, for owning versus renting. If, if you own the property, uh, it's automatic for savings. The principal that you have is going to be decreasing with every payment. You have a, a you also have a tax write-off, mm-hmm. uh, which is significant. Uh, you know that if you're renting, there's no tax benefit. But if you if right. you have if you have a home, then you can write off the interest that you're paying on your mortgage. So if you, you're making uh, say a hundred thousand a year, you know you can you can pretty much take. A, a, a good chunk of that away in terms of taxes. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, it's, it's more benefits than just living in a place. And also you, you have an opportunity to to uh, have appreciation because right now we're seeing the, the market kind of dip, but, you know, in, in real estate, property double every 17 years regardless of the ups and downs. So you have an opportunity okay. to have the property appreciating as well. Right, right. And then when you're renting, you're really just making the landlord rich but <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a way because yeah. you're giving him Absolutely. money and a lot of people, right, right. And um, yeah, that's true. A lot of people go into real estate, they buy properties because they, they want an extra income and they get, adva- they take, get to um, take advantage of the write-offs with it being a right. rental property. Now, what about, I know you're talking about purchasing a home, which is, is good because you get the benefits as opposed to renting, but what about investment pop properties um, compared to just buying a home? Is that the way to go? Do you recommend buying an investment property as opposed to just a single-family home first, or what do you recommend? It depends. Uh, for If someone's single and, and they're buying their first property, and they plan on living in it, I, I would think that that would be a good idea. However, if, if you have a family, I would say a single-family single family home would be a, a, probably a good way to go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and reason why, if you, if you decide, if you're a single person, decide that you're going to be married later on and have a family, then uh, you can just move out of that, and that becomes that unit that you're in, you rent that, and that becomes extra cash flow for you and go mm-hmm. get a get a place for you and your new spouse. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. I, I, that's just my thinking when it comes to that. Okay. So what would be some steps? Let's say if a person wants to, let's say they're a young person, late 20s, 30, and they say, you know, I want to start investing in real estate. I want to build my wealth. And as you know that a lot of people who are in the million dollar or the millionaire range, they did it through real estate initially. A lot of people do have real estate in their portfolio. What were the steps a person have to take? Should they buy a house first and then move on to, to investment property? Or what do you recommend the steps? Let's say they have a 10-year plan. Now, if you're talking about individuals? 
Yeah, an individual if you want to, you know, invest in real estate. Because I know you've done I, I that because you've invested in real estate, obviously. Yes, yes. Uh, again, if, if, if this is a single person and they don't mind uh, living in a, a, an apartment, then I would, I would go that route. That okay. would be a, a good route because you, 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 you own the home and you own the apartment and you have other tenants that are helping you with the mortgage payment. Okay. So, but when you start having families and stuff, I, I'm not, I wouldn't, me personally, I wouldn't want to get be in a home where you have a backyard, you know, have your garage mm-hmm. and that type of thing. Right, yeah. right. And the advantage of buying an investment property, particularly let's say someone wants to buy a duplex or a four-unit building, and if you're, you're living in it, like you said, you live in that and then you rent out the others, but one advantage is that with the loans, the lenders look at the rents that go towards your income, correct? Absolutely, Like 75, yeah, so, 75%, right? Right. If, you, if you're buying, a, say, a four-unit building, what the lenders would do is, is count 75% of the three units that, mm-hmm. it, that uh, you're getting rents from, uh, and that can go towards your, your income when they're qualifying you debt ratio-wise. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the fourth unit is one that you, you live in. Right. Yeah. And then the other three you're getting the income, and that they count 75. That's a good way to go because the person perhaps – their income might be a little low, maybe it's not quite as much, but if they're looking at units, the fact that the lenders will count 75% of that income, that can really help people get into a property much yeah, more absolutely. easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, you had mentioned, I think that would be um, a good way to go. Yeah, now you had mentioned the different um, FHA, conventional. Explain a little bit about that. You have FHA, you have VA, people who have been in the military, they can get a VA loan, and conventional. Um, Tell us a little bit about those and, and how they work. Now, uh, FHA is a government-sponsored ins- loan where a, a borrower can get into the property with 3.5% down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a really good way to go. It's, technically, there's no re- real credit requirements, no FICO requirements for FHA loans. However, the no. banks have credits. They have credit requirements, and normally credit to get your, your better rates, you you want to be in a seven, uh, seven twenty and above. If you mm-hmm. if you okay. around six six twenty, you still can get an FHA loan, but okay. you know you, you'll get a higher interest rate. Okay. okay. So the, the other one is we have the the VA loan, and those are for veterans, and that's right. with no money down. Okay. So the only people that can qualify for that loan that is a veteran and a veteran spouse are two vets. So it can't be a veteran and their son or a veteran and a daughter. We, we, have, we get asked that all the time. It's just a veteran okay. and a spouse or two veterans can qualify. But okay. it's a really good loan. Actually, okay. that's the way I bought my first house with, with zero okay. down. Okay. So, um, and then you have the conventional. Uh, conventional loans, you can go as low as 35 to 5% down on that. And uh, credit requirements on that is roughly about 620. Hmm. Okay. Okay, great. Uh, now we're going to take a quick moment to recognize one of our sponsors. Uh, Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. 
Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good and are working to foster sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. Thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all our sponsors and partners. Well, back to our show. Uh, this is Smart Money Moves, and with us today is Mr. Melvin Burrell with Leah Crest Wealth Builders and EXP Realty. Now, before we took our quick break, you were talking about the different uh, loans that are available. You have conventional, uh, FHA, and VA. Now, with conventional, they usually require a higher down payment, correct, like 10%? Well, it used to be that way, but... Uh, oh, okay. You can get in as low as uh, three and a half to, in some cases, to five five percent. Okay, okay. And, and if so you're purchasing... we have. Go ahead. Go ahead. If you're purchasing oh, I was an say, investment, we have some... <laughs> go on. I'll I'll let you go. Oh, okay, yeah. thank you. And if you're purchasing an investment property, you typically have a larger down payment, particularly if you're not going to live in it, like maybe twenty percent. Uh, if you're using conventional, yeah, so... or that changed also. Oh no, it's the same. It's, you okay, do have good. you have a larger a larger deposit down payment that you would have to to make on anything that's one to fours that's not on the occupy. Uh, you're going to come in with roughly twenty percent down. Anything mm-hmm. that's five or more units, you consider a, a professional investor. Uh, it's going to mm-hmm. be twenty five percent down. Oh, okay, okay, that's so good. That, those are for non owner occupied purchasers. So the mm-hmm. bank the bank knows that if you ever in a in, in a jam and with money that, that you will keep your owner occupied property before you you let it go you let the the income property go mm-hmm. so uh, they that's how they uh, be able to protect themselves financially to be able to have a bigger down payment also the interest rates are a little bit higher on the non owner occupied property as well. Mhm. Mhm. Now what about uh? purchasing commercial real estate. Do you think that's a way to go in today's market? It depends on which, what you are purchasing it for. I know uh, I, I purchased five office buildings, and at that time that's where I housed my franchises. So my purpose of doing that was because I wanted to put my real estate offices and my mortgage companies in them. So mm-hmm. uh, for, for buying uh, commercial properties to, to, uh, to invest, it, it depends on what you what your goals are, what you're trying to achieve. Because I mean, there's lots of money in buying commercial. It's just that when we say there's a minimum of 25% down, uh, I would start speaking in terms of multifamily. But if you're dealing with commercial, it's easily could be 30% down or more because mm-hmm. you you have to make sure that the that the income that you're getting is going to be. Uh, be able to service the, the the note, the debt service. Okay. So okay. Uh, they they will make you buy it down to where they feel the banks, being they, uh, will make you buy it down where they will be feel comfortable with lending you the money. Mhm, mhm. Now I know with the economy and everything, I know um, 
you have certain areas where a lot of developers have gone in and they're buying properties and they're rebuilding a lot of areas. I know in Culver City there's been a lot of building. I know in the West Adams District there's been a lot of building with uh, multi-unit uh, buildings that are going up. And they have those mixed units where you have the businesses below and then people live, live above, which I've noticed seems to be very popular now. Um, and there's even that multi-story unit um, here in L.A. that's like 30 stories on La Cienica. So there seems to be a lot of that going on. Um, how can, let's say, the little person, obviously these are large development companies, how can, let's say, the individual person, a couple or a small group, kind of get in on that? Do you know? Maybe they don't have you the know, millions it, and millions to put up a large 30-story building, but maybe you know they can start small. What would you recommend? A lot of times if you, if you get a group of people together and they get a good idea, that you can get the investors to be able to invest with you on oh, it. Okay. So you don't really have to have the, have the money. Uh, if you have the ideal, if you do the legwork uh, and go to the meetings, because they have, they have me- planning meetings all the time. If you start plugging into those and seeing what the city wants. Now, there was a time where the city wanted to have those mixed-use properties where you have mm-hmm. the, the, the uh, housing upstairs and then you have the, the shops down below. And so they would give grants and they would give incentives for investors to go into to build those. Oh. So if, you, if you're interested in doing that, uh, and you go and you put a plan together, you can always get the money to be able to finance it. Oh, okay. There's always investors that will that will help you with the financing and, and uh, the banks, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, th- that's the best way. You find out what's – see what the city plan is. In, our, in Los Angeles, we have a, a housing shortage. We have right. over 60,000 uh, homeless people. So they're doing all kind of different things to help investors and help builders and developers to come in to build more housing. So they're giving uh, tax incentives. They're giving, uh, they're allowing you to to uh, do things that they norm- normally wouldn't do, uh, so that they can be able to take care of this problem of of our the the, the housing issues that we have. In oh, Southern great. County. Okay. Now, uh, just in case our listeners may want to reach you after our show, how would you like our listeners to contact you? Oh, you can, you can contact me at 310-266-1800. That's 310-266-1800. Or you can email me at melvin.burrell at exprealty.com. Melvin.burrell, Burrell spelled B-U-R-R-E-L-L, at exp.com. Okay, great, great. Now, tell us about, I know we're talking about ways that people can make money through real estate, and I know something that's really popular now are the ADUs, and I know um, you're involved with someone that does seminars every month. Now, explain to the audience what an ADU is and how they can perhaps uh, benefit from that. ADU is is like a garage conversion, so you're converting your garage into living quarters. And uh, uh, the city has uh, okayed that. Okay, that back back in the day, if you had converted your garage into a living quarters and you were to sell it, then they, the the city inspector would make you turn it back to a garage. Now mm-hmm. they are allowing you to do that, and so we do seminars uh, once a month on ADUs, and and it's real popular now, where homeowners uh, are turning their garages into living quarters and, and they're nice. I mean, they could be a one bedroom and depending on how big the garage is, it can actually be a two bedroom and they can use that for income. And it also it helps the, the value helps in increasing the value of the house. 
So uh, th- that is done a lot. So we have uh, several people that we deal with. One in particular is a guy that's part of our team. Uh, we, we're doing a, a ADU meeting. Uh, and you said the date on that, didn't you, Kim? Yeah, it's the 11th. I, it just uh, uh, yeah, so February we're doing the 11th. ADU, we do an ADU seminar, and it's on uh, Zoom, that if anybody interested in that can plug into, and we can show you how to, to get your ADU started. It used to be, we used to be able to lead people to get a grant. There was a $40,000 grant that you would get uh, to do all your soft costs to get your ADU started, but mm-hmm. they ran out of money. But that was, you know, last quarter of last year, so hopefully they bring that back. Okay, great. And just before the show ends, I'll have you give your contact number again, and then possibly they can contact you if they want more information on the seminar that's taking place on the 11th. Now, give the ADU is say what that's um, additional dwelling. Say what that is, so they'll know the ADU. You know something? <laughs> you I, forgot. I, I forgot. <laughs> I was hoping you didn't ask me that question. <laughs> Because uh, I, I think it's additional. It, it, it's is it gr- additional dwelling unit? I think that's. What that's it. That's it. Additional <laughs> okay. du- dwelling unit. Yeah. So we okay. just call it a garage conversion, and uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a garage. We we also add do add on units on, on the property as well, mm-hmm. in addition to the the ADU. Yeah, I've been seeing those around a lot where people are – sometimes they'll add a second story onto the garage or they'll totally convert. And it's a good way to put a tenant in there. In fact, uh, there's a house across the street from me. Uh, when the people bought it, um, they added an ADU. So they have like a tenant like in the back. They converted the garage into a little apartment. I don't know if it's a one-bedroom or whatever. But uh, that is a good way to get extra income. And like you said, it does increase the value of your property. Right. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, um, with your experience, um, tell us like some of the steps to, I know you've given statistics before, like you do a seminar on home buying and I know you often quote certain statistics about the wealth and how, how wealth increases. I believe you also said that most millionaires and most people that have great wealth, a lot of what's in their portfolio is real estate. So that's kind of the basics in, in essence, right? Absolutely. I've read somewhere that 90% of the billionaires uh, have real estate portfolios. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I would say around, around 50 to 60%, pretty much that's the biggest part of their portfolio is real estate ownership. So mm-hmm. if you want to build wealth in, in America, I mean, you, you have to own, at least own your home. Right. Because um, th- there, was a, there was a survey that said that, Renters' net worth, if you're trying to build a net worth, uh, your asset minus your liabilities equals w- your net worth. Uh, renters' net worth on average is $6,270. Okay. That's so after they sold everything, all their assets minus their liabilities, that's what they're left with. The average homeowner's net worth is 254000 That's 44 times more. And that's significant. That, mm-hmm. So if you own a home, uh, all you have to do is just take care of it, and it's just increasing value by itself. And mm-hmm. so you, 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 your next step would be to buy another piece of property. Mm-hmm. And so two things happen. You, have, you get an appreciation that's happening. You have a decrease in your, your mortgage, and also you have the tax benefit that you cannot, you, you cannot discount because uh, if you have enough property, you don't have to pay taxes and, legally. Because the, the rule book is set up for 
people that own real estate and own businesses. So mm-hmm. if you're able to write off your what you're making in, in your income, uh, what you're paying in taxes, I should say, uh, that's significant. You know, I have, I have a, a client that that makes between two fifty to three hundred thousand, pay eighty thousand dollars in taxes in the renting. Uh, mm-hmm. It makes no sense, you know. So uh, if you if you just own something, uh, you probably wouldn't have to pay at least fifty percent of that. And if you get another income property, you may not have to pay the, the other fifty percent mm-hmm. legally. You know, you may pay uh, Social Security tax, uh, which is benefits you. But for the most part, the more real estate that you own, because they have something in in the tax laws is called depreciation. You can depreciate a property. And it's just a paper loss, but that reduces your taxes that you you have to pay, and mm-hmm. um, that's significant. That's why when people are saying, "Well, is this a good time to buy?" It's always a good time to buy if you can afford the, the payment and and you're comfortable with that. You should buy it, and especially at these rates. These rates are still good, in my opinion. When I mm-hmm. again, when I bought my first house, uh, I bought, my interest rate was ten percent, mm-hmm. and we thought that was great. So. <laughs> We were excited because it, it came down from 12%. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, when you were talking about um, uh, first buying a home, and then you can then add on or not add on, but you can then uh, buy your your second one, how, I guess it depends, of course, on your income, but what steps would you say a person should do? They have a home, and then let's say they want to buy something else. Uh, do you recommend that they maybe do a pull money out of the house to go towards a down payment? Is that a way to go? If that's the, if that's, uh, the only way that you can do it, mm-hmm. uh, so, but you want to make sure that the new property that you buy is going to be enough to cover the debt service for the, that property and mm-hmm. the, the note that you, the, the refinance. Right. So, yeah, but uh, I, I always talk about that when, when we have our, our seminars. I just, if you had a goal that you want to be financially free, and not have to, to work anymore. Just have a 10-year goal that you're going to buy a piece of property every year for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. So what would happen is at the, at the 10th year, that property, the, the first property that you have bought would have doubled because real estate doubled every 7 to 10 years. I can okay. remember when I was a kid, my father told me, uh, he was showing me a property that he owned, and he, he bought it for twenty thousand. So you know that was a long time ago. Right. And he said, "I bought it for twenty thousand a year, a couple of years ago, and now it's worth forty thousand. Well, that mm-hmm. same property now is worth a million dollars. So yeah. regardless of the ups and downs of the market, the property is going to value, going to increase in value because you know you can't buy, you know you can't make land. So uh, right. So if if you if you had that strategy, in the first year. The first property that you bought after you bought your tenth one has doubled. So if you bought it for five hundred thousand, it's worth a million. You can mm-hmm. refinance that property, pull a quarter million out, put it in your pocket, and travel for the rest of the year, mm-hmm. and not have to pay any taxes on it because it's borrowed money. And the tenants that's there that's going to be making the payments. All right, and you, the next year you can do the same thing. Next day, all the way for ten years. And what happens at the end of that ten years? You can start that process all over again. And when you pass away, your kids can do that same thing. So everybody could be totally free uh, just using that concept. Okay. Well, tell us again how the listeners may want to reach you after our show. Okay. uh, Melvin Burrell is my name. My my 
cell phone number is 310-266-1800, 310-266-1800. And my email is melvin.burrell at exprealty.com. Okay, great. So briefly, I know you um, put down that you had some accomplishments. You're actually a rehab and a specialist and a slipping specialist. Tell us briefly about that. Well, I, I have two projects that I'm working on right now. Uh, after, after COVID, I had, as far as buying and selling, I hadn't done anything uh, because of COVID. You know, we mm-hmm. couldn't do, wasn't doing too much. So in, in the last, I would say last quarter, I bought three properties and we re- renovate them. We're going to put them back in the mar- market. Okay. So, um, but I've been doing that pretty much all my career. Now, okay. my my belief, however, is to buy and hold. If you're going to build wealth, you want to buy something and you want to and hold. hold. But, right. Yeah. So uh, you, flipping is just to make, get some money. So uh, I'm in, at the end of a divorce, so I got to replenish my freedom fund. So, <laughs> so that's why I'm doing that. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so you're rehabbing and you're flipping everything. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, right, that's a good the, way. Of... Ultimately, I, I'm looking at getting some units and just holding those for forever. You know, because mm-hmm. they would, they would, they were appreciate, and you can refinance and right. or um, and buy other property with it. Right. So yeah, I, I believe in that strategy of buying and holding. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, well, um, thank you so much, Melvin, and that's our show for today. And I'd like to say thank you to Mr. Melvin Burrell for being our special guest and a special thanks to all of our listeners, both in the U.S. and internationally, as we are an international show. After our show today, you can listen to Women Lead Radio on all subscription podcasts, specifically Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. We are expanding quickly to a daily radio show and podcast, so for now, we'll be back again for another live Women Lead Radio show on Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. It has been my sincere pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.